Hello, I am coming to you today to talk about uh, digital marketing, why it's so important to a realtor, um, what it is, um, how you market your business online, um, the types of ways that you promote your business, how um, you can stand out among the crowd, uh, talk about the different types of content that you're putting out there to promote your business, uh, just a rough overview of kind of what what it looks like to promote your real estate business online and all the things that you need to consider. So uh, first of all, let's talk about what digital marketing is. So digital marketing is basically uh, the use of the internet um, and digital technologies like desktop computers, your mobile phone, um, uh, social media platforms, uh, products, and those kinds of services uh, to basically market your business and promote your services. Um, the thing to know about digital marketing is that it's it's basically uh, the biggest component of how we promote and advertise our services today. There are tons of realtors out there that still use billboards, that use park benches, shopping carts, uh, print magazines, things like that. But today's focus is really just about your online presence, um, your uh, the way that you are perceived online. Um, the uh, who you're trying to attract um, your target client by the way you promote yourself online and the types of content that you're putting out there to promote your business uh, and just kind of giving you some suggestions of some ways you can improve that and the way that it looks. So the first thing I'm going to ask you is number one, who are you trying to attract? Who do you want to work with? Uh, where is that target person found? So if my target client is a move up a uh, buyer or a um, downsizing buyer, somebody who's in their 60s, 70s, something like that, obviously I'm probably not going to find that person on Instagram. Um, I might find them on LinkedIn. I might find them, you know, um, in a networking group. I might find them on Facebook. Um, but really it's highly unlikely that that profile of person is going to be found on Instagram. Likewise, if I was trying to reach millennials, they don't really hang out on Facebook uh, they definitely don't use Pinterest or, um, you know, uh, LinkedIn might be not somewhere where they're really hanging out. They just have a profile there, uh, but you're not really going to be engaging a lot with people. Um, so you want to think about who am I trying to talk to? Who am I trying to attract? The content that I'm putting out, who is it being consumed by? Um, and am I in the right place for the person that I want to work with? Um, and then you want to ask, is your messaging a reflection of how I want to be perceived. So am I sharing enough about me and my personality? Am I sharing enough about, um, you know, who I want to work with or who I've helped in the past? Is my niche reflected in the content that I'm putting out there? Does my profile reflect who I love to work with, who I prefer to work with, or my specialization or my expertise? Um, you know, is my profile representative of the kind of people I'm trying to attract. So for example, if I'm really trying to break into luxury market and I have tons of stuff on my social media pages about building credit, um, you know, fixing your credit, establishing a budget, you're sending mixed messages there. So you wanna make sure that the messaging you're sending reflects and is in alignment with who you're trying to attract, who you want um, to work with and who you're trying to gain business from. So let's talk about where, 
the first thing you need to do is check all your profiles on all your social media accounts. Um, can people see exactly who you're trying to attract in that profile? Do they even know where you work? Uh, I see tons of social, when I do social media audits, I see tons of agents that um, don't even have their phone number in their profile. Uh, you don't know that they're even a realtor. Uh, several of them have like, I'm a Rodan and Fields consultant. I also am a travel agent. Um, I also sell Scentsy. Oh, and by the way, I have a real estate license. I think that's confusing messaging to your consumer. I think it's confusing to the people you're trying to attract. It sounds like you're a jack of all trades, maybe not a master of one. And I would just tell you, you know, is this an accurate reflection of, of what you're trying to attract to you? Um, and when people look up your profile, do they know exactly where you work, what you do, who you help, what makes you different? Uh, so start there by going through all your profiles, realtor.com, zillow.com, uh, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram, make sure that your uh, there are links that actually work to uh, your website, to uh, reviews for you. I would definitely link to your Google business page um, as well. Is it linked to a video that introduces yourself? Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but is are your pro profiles a representation um, of what you do and how you do it? Um, is your content optimized for mobile viewing? So if we know 78% of um, consumers um, actually view things on their cell phone, a lot of agents' uh, websites are not mobily enhanced so that it looks good on your mobile phone. The same thing with if you know most consumers are scrolling uh, social media on their phone, is what you're posting something that can easily be read on your phone? If it's a lot of text, more like a book or, um, you know, videos with sound and you don't have uh, closed captions or you don't have subtitles, um, you know, you're missing kind of the mark because most people who are scrolling have their sound off. Um, and so you want to make sure that, you know, anything that you are posting in the content is there is consumed the way that people act. So you may need to poll people in this age group that you're trying to trying to attract and see, you know, where do you look, you know, when you are trying to read about real estate or learn more about the market or you start searching for houses, where are you looking? How are you looking? Are you on a phone? You know, and the National Association of Realtors actually does surveys for home buyers and home sellers. And we already have this information available to us. We know 78% are looking on their cell phone. They also are scrolling through, uh, consuming content with the sound off. So you know that you need some type of subtitles or some kind of written text explaining what it is that your video said. If people are consuming that at three in the morning and they don't want to wake up their partner sleeping next to them, uh, you just want to take all these things into consideration. So let's talk a little bit about what type of content you're putting out there. Um, you can use the same content across all platforms, but you may need to tweak it just a little for who the audience is. For example, I might have a, you know, if you're really into Twitter, Twitter's not my thing. It's never been my jam, uh, but there are still lots of companies out there that use Twitter. There's also people that still follow Twitter, but what makes a good tweet might not make great post on LinkedIn. The same thing, the adverse of that is that I might have a great article about how the market is changing in my area. Uh, that is a great content piece for LinkedIn, but that article might not translate well to Instagram 
uh, just because people on Instagram are consuming things very quickly. They want short, concise, smaller messaging. They don't want to read paragraphs and paragraphs of information. That's more of the older folks on Facebook. Um, that's where my people hang out. But you want to make sure that your messaging is conducive to the platform that you're on. There's nothing wrong with using that same content across five places. You just want to tweak it for the style and for the platform that you're on to make sure. Um, Curator.com, if you've never heard of them, uh, is a great um, program, CRM, lead um, lead generation, um, marketing. You know, it, it's a great program. But they really recommend that three out of the four weeks that you're promoting your business, you should be promoting to and sending messaging to sellers uh, those three out of the four weeks. And then that fourth week actually um, geared towards buyers. And that's not what a lot of content that I see that's out there. I see most agents gravitate towards um, creating content that's specifically for buyers because I find that it's easier. I think that um, there's a lot more um, creative ideas that people come up with for buyers. It's just easier to talk about the home buying process or how to get qualified or what kinds of things an inspector might be looking for. But you can also take that same content and flip it around for a seller. Um, and also we know that when you have listings, you have freedom in your business. You have a lot more leverage. Uh, listings allow you to gain more clients on both sides, uh, but also get name recognition. Um, and that having listings, we always say in this business that, you know, um, listings, you know, if you want to last in this business, you need to get listings. So um, I'm just sharing with you that curator.com thinks that you should be promoting um, your content should be geared towards sellers three out of four weeks out of a month. And that fourth week should be to buyers. Um, the other thing is that I see most agents in there. And, and this is, again, just an observation of doing tons of social media audits is that you know, most agents will promote a listing and they'll do a coming soon. They do a just listed. They do an open house. They do a price reduction. They do um, a fine feature of the property and then they'll do under contract and then just sold. All of those are great. You can take one listing. That's the reason why listings are really uh, wonderful to promote for your business because you can take one listing and throughout that process, you have seven or eight different things that you can focus on um, and promote for that listing. The question I would ask for you, though, is are you just posting a static picture of the front of the house and just slapping a banner across it that says under contract? Or are you storytelling and saying, meet John. This is how I met John. This is what John's goals were. This is how I was able to help him. And we just found him his dream home in such and such city. Um, and this is how we were successful in winning. I want you to think of those two different content posts. One is very static, boring. It just shows evidence of your success. The other is storytelling in a relatable way, which people want, they crave. They want to say, okay, well, what do I have in common with John? I also am looking for something in the same area. I also, you know, um, have these goals. And, uh, you know, Laura has already demonstrated to me that she was able to do that. Maybe she can help me too. But storytelling is relatable. Um, it allows it's also more personal. You're allowing people to see the ins and outs of your business and you are establishing yourself as an, you know, an expert that would give you the opportunity to uh, help people solve the same problem. Or if people are in the same situation, it makes them feel like maybe they can help me too. 
So I want you to move, if you are the agent that is just posting the coming soon and uh, you know, just listed and price reduced and come join me in my open house and it's just a static picture of the front, I want you to rethink that content. It's great that you have that content and that may be um, those static posts might be what you put on Facebook. Uh, but maybe if you move to Instagram, you do a reel instead or a walkthrough video, or you actually record a video of you talking about how you helped John and what his challenges were and how you overcame them. And now John is super happy. But I want you to think about, is there a better way that I can promote the evidence of my success, which means I had a client, we had a closing, we went under contract, I got a new listing, whatever those successes are. Is there a better way for you to promote that in your business? without just putting a static picture with a banner across the front of it. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think you could do better. I think that you're, the people you're trying to attract need to see more from you. I also think that the more personal we can make it, uh, the more relatable it is to people. And I think the more memorable it is. So remember, one of the big things that I always recommend to people is that let people see your personality. Let people say, see the special sauce that you bring to the table. Let people into your world. Let them know about your family. Let them know about your hobbies or your interests. Let them know how you operate your business in a personal way. Um, let them know about the connections that you make with people and how you give of yourself. Um, but let people see the, in, the, the interior part of you that you kind of tend to shy away from or don't share because you don't think it's professional or you don't think it is business enough or whatever that is. I, I assure you, people want to work with people that they know, like, and trust. We know this. This goes back to when Moby Dick was a minnow, um, but that's what we've been told our whole lives. And the reality is that they do, but they can't trust you, like you, or know you unless you let them into your circle. The more that you share about yourself, the more you can open up to your audience and let them in and see a day in your life. Let them see the struggles you go through to actually do this job. If you let them see the successes that you've had, the challenges that you've overcome with various clients, your problem solving skills, what have you, they're going to know more about you, like you more, trust you more, and know that you're the right person for me. They're going to be attracted to wanting to work with you because you've let them see a lot of your inner workings and that establishes trust and rapport a whole lot faster than just a static picture. There's no trust with that. That is just a, oh, I saw that she got something under contract, but that doesn't mean we're a good fit. It doesn't mean that our personalities jot. It doesn't mean that I am, I can relate to what she's talking about. You know, there's nothing personal about that. And as much as we try to automate our business to improve our efficiency in our business, to make us run smoother, you know, the reality is that our consumers are still craving personal touches. They're still craving personal attention from us. Um, and they want that trusted advisor on their side that they know is going to help them navigate this process and that they've got someone who has their back. You cannot convey that in a static picture with a banner across it that just says under contract or just closed. So I want you to be thinking about that. Um, let's see, uh, building trust is 100% essential like we talked about in our business. Um, the average digital customer is very savvy, well-informed. Uh, they have access to information right away. They don't need us for the information. They need us to help walk them through the process. They need us to help them sidestep 
any troubles that might come along the way. They need us to help them problem solve as they run into situations. They also need us to advise them and consult them about what's best for their situation. Remember, we've sold thousands of houses. These people you're talking to likely have only bought or sold once or twice in their lifetime, most of which have bought a home but have never sold a home. So you need to understand and keep in mind that they are very savvy and they're very knowledgeable, but are they savvy and knowledgeable in the same way you are? Absolutely not. They have access to data at their fingertips, but do they know how to, to you know, translate that data into what it means to them? Do they actually understand the process? Uh, you can find articles, anything you want to know is available on Google, but do they really know how to navigate this process of buying or selling houses uh, without stepping in the ditches or the problems or the trouble along the way. I will tell you that digital consumers are very impatient. So if it takes your website 20 minutes to load or 10 minutes to load because there's too many videos or too much data or whatever it is, they're going to move on. Uh, same thing with if you're recording videos and they're too long, the attention span of most people is that of a gnat. You need to be quick get in and out, give them the relative information um, and get out, give them a call to action and move on. Uh, but they definitely need to be, um, you know, you need to be concise. You need to let them know exactly what it is that you're wanting to educate them about, um, but you need to get in and out quickly because they're very impatient. Um, focus on content that helps and supports rather than pushing a sale. I would tell you that your content needs to be Again, these are the top 12 mistakes that I think buyers make, or these are the top 20 mistakes I see sellers make even, and you can narrow that down to five or seven. You don't have to do 12 or 20, uh, make it much shorter. Like here are the top three things that come up in every home inspection. And here's an easy remedy, or here's how they can be remedied. Um, here's the top three things that I say are most important when looking at a house that you should be looking at. Um, those kinds of things, but make sure that it's supportive that it is um, helpful, it's educational or entertaining, whichever your goal is, um, instead of just pushing for a sale. Here's the other part that we've talked a lot about, if you've watched any of my videos or listened to me at all, is that when you approach this business as being a consultant, a trusted advisor, someone who can help people through this process instead of a salesperson, you will recognize that, you know, you're not bothering people. You're not, you know, uh, being pushy. No one wants to be sold to. We know this. But if you are coming from a place of assistance, you're coming from a place of recognizing that the services that you provide are needed and they are helpful to people in this process um, and that people are better off with your assistance than without it. If they had to navigate it their own, what all could happen? When you start recognizing that what you do is important, um, and is needed, you stop seeing yourself as a as a salesperson. Make sure your content is reflective of that. Make sure your content that you're putting out there is from a place of support, help, assistance, education. It is not from a place of I'm here to make a sale. If your marketing looks as though you are just in it for the deal, your people are going to read up on that. They're going to be very in tune to that. They're going to recognize that. And you're not going to attract the people that you're try probably trying to work on. Um. Focus most on tips, neighborhoods, contract review, or things that they need to know, how to finance a property, or other ways that you can support uh, a buyer or a seller in their um, endeavor to buy or sell a house, okay? Um, 
showcase the destination and lifestyle uh, that comes with your product and educate them on the value you bring to the table. So here's the thing. We've been talking a lot. Again, if you watch any of my videos, if you listen to anything I put out there before, we've been talking a lot about the shifts in market and the change coming in the future about how we're going to be paid as agents when we're representing a client. And typically our model right now is the seller pays um, a commission to the listing broker. The listing broker shares that commission with the cooperating broker who brings them a ready, willing, and able and qualified buyer. Um, and that agreement is between the two brokers. Uh, but the client as the buyer is likely not paying the commission or the professional services fee, which is what I call it instead of commission, of the agent. So as we are shifting into a market where that's how we're getting paid, it's being called into question, you are going to have to insert your value of what you bring to the table. And your value should be everywhere in your content. What makes me different? What makes me unique? Why you would want to work with me? And why working with me is really important. Remember, if people believe that they can do it on their own, they will. And the, the reality is that everyone can do it on their own, but should they? And I always use the, um, you know, the uh, analogy of, yes, I can cut my own bangs, but should I? Yes, I can file my own taxes, but what are the dangers of me filing my own taxes? Am I more likely to be subject to an audit if I do that? Uh, yes, I can buy a house without an agent. I can just use the listing agent. But what is what could possibly go wrong or what could happen if I did that? You need to be inserting what your value is, what you bring to the table and why someone needs to hire you. I would definitely tell you, you know, find that list. Um, and if anybody wants a copy of it, I'm happy to share it with you. But there's there's a list out there of like 183 things that a realtor does in a transaction. You should be creating content that goes through each one of those things on that list and talks about what it is that you do. Um and why someone would want you to handle all 183 of those things instead of doing it themselves. Um, the lifestyle that comes with your service uh, is basically like, you know, show what it looks like to do it alone. I have a lot of agents that reach out to me often that say, hey, do you have a script for for sale by owners? Or do you have um, something you can show me uh, to help me convert for sale by owners? Show a for sale by owner what it looks like to do this on your own. Give them the list of 183 things that you do and say, I know you work a full-time job. Your kid plays five sports and uh, you have a newborn at home. Are you really wanting to take on this responsibility of 183 things on top of your crazy busy life? Um, but you need to insert to them what it would look like if they tried to do it on your own and why it's really important that they hire you. Um, so let's talk a little bit about... Uh, the diff also some other suggestions of types of content you can put out there. Um, one that I love is called a listicle. A listicle is basically, instead of just posting a listing, it is basically an article coupled with uh, a listing or pictures of a listing or links to a listing um, that basically appeals to potential buyers everywhere, okay? Listicles can be used for any price point. They can be used for any location. They can be used for any amenity. Uh, but bottom line, an example of a listicle would be like, um, here are 10 homes with beautiful kitchens under 500,000 in Nashville, Tennessee. That's a very specific list, uh, but it has beautiful kitchens. And I have 10 links 
to various listings. Again, they're not all listed by me. They're listed by whomever. You'll want to follow the rules in your state about how you can advertise listings uh, belonging to other agents. You're always going to want to get permission from the listing agent uh, to promote their listings. But can you think of other examples that that might work? Here are, you know, 10 homes with pools under 500,000 in Franklin, Tennessee. Um, and then I would go through my MLS and find links to those 10 houses with pools. Uh, but think of any amenity that a buyer might be interested in. Oh, you're looking for a mini farm. Here are 10 listings with five acres or more in Williamson County, the area that I live in. Uh, but think of a highly desirable product or a highly desirable amenity or a feature of a house. And then you would put together a list and talk about uh, those particular properties. Um, the best thing too for you to do is to show off your expertise. Like that's going to help you gain trust with your people. Um, it's also going to help you. So um, you don't always have to post actual real estate related content. So for example, the five most Instagrammable places in Franklin, Tennessee. And I might have pictures of those five places uh, with a link to each one of the places. That's community stewardship. That is inviting people into my community to come you know, do their Instagram thing. I don't know if you guys follow like the whole um, Instagram in the wild. It's like people, you know, um, if you haven't, you should check that out. But um, bottom line is that it doesn't always have to be real estate related. Think about the content that you think consumers want or your audience might want um, and then put that kind of content out there. So you're going to check your profiles, make sure that it all is an accurate reflection of who you are, what you do, where you live. Uh, make sure your phone number is in your profiles, at least the link to your website, um, how to contact you. You definitely should have the city and state that you live in, whether it's on your Zoom profile, if it's on your Facebook profile, wherever it is, someone needs to know where you live at all times. Um, you can create blogs or vlogs, which are video blogs. Uh, that's a great source of content. Both of those are indexed by Google and they're indexed using search engine optimization because you get to use keywords. When you are writing a blog, you can insert all the keywords that people might be searching, uh, which will help your blog be found. Same thing with blogs is that you can use keywords in your description of the video um, to help people find it. Uh, obviously, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. So let's talk about Facebook for a second. Uh, and this isn't a whole social media class. It's just really an overview of Let's look at the way you're promoting yourself on Facebook. So again, I can be in 25 Facebook groups. Does my profile say that I'm a realtor and where I live is really important. If I'm commenting and really active in a group, I want people to click on my profile and be able to see right away what I do and who I help and how I can help them. Uh, there should be links um, also in your profile to free downloads or free lead magnets or free, um, you know, like a home buyer budget or um, the home buying process or your relocation guide or something like that. Um, on LinkedIn, you should have a video posted there that says, hi, this is Laura Dahl with Benchmark Realty in Nashville, Tennessee. Here's who I help. Here's my specialty. I would love to work with you as well. Um, you also can post that same intro video on your Google uh, business page. Okay. Um, so you can record a video and upload that. You can actually upload articles as well to your Google business page. Um, a lot of people don't do that. They just have their contact information, but you can actually post videos there introducing yourself. You can have videos there introducing neighborhoods or communities or services that you provide. 
um, don't just put in your profile your name and phone number and whatnot. See where else that you might be able to post that. So just like you would post an article about the Nashville market on LinkedIn, you might post that same article on your Google business page. Um, home staff is another great place that people advertise. There is paid advertising through there that actually will allow you to advertise through pay-per-click or on Waze. Um, and I think there's one other place that they do that. Um, Instagram, again, you want to make sure that you're in your bio, you have links that are important to your consumer. You want to make sure that you keep your, uh, make sure your photos are the right size for Instagram. A lot of agents just use the same size for Facebook and that's not formatted correctly. So you want to make sure that things aren't cut off um, for Instagram. Um, most consumers on Instagram are consuming more video like reels. Um, same thing with TikTok, but I'm not telling you you need to go do dances and things like that. I'm just saying if that's where your target client is, you need to create content that attracts and resonates with who your target client is um, and put that out there in a regular, consistent basis. Um, Twitter, uh, we talked about a little bit about, again, it's your choice. Pinterest is a great place for you to post um, lead magnets. So it's a great place for you to post those home buyer guides, seller guides, uh, home budgeting for saving a down payment um, or infographics about uh, the home buying or home selling process or why you need a realtor or, uh, you know, staging advice, preparing for showings, those kinds of things, all branded to you, um, all linking back to your website. Remember, everywhere that you're putting your content, if people are searching for your name, or searching for you or your team or whatever, uh, all of that's going to be indexed and you're going to have multiple avenues and locations and places for people to be able to find you. Um, you should have email drip campaigns. Um, so you should already have templated uh, campaigns that are kind of set and ready to go. Those are going to be throughout the year. Um, you know, those are pretty simple and self-explanatory. Your newsletters, you should have either monthly or quarterly. Um, ebooks are great little, you know, you can produce a little ebook on, you know, how to, uh, how to relocate to Nashville period. Like here's some things you need to know about living in Nashville or, you know, that back to that 12 common mistakes that buyers make, that could be an ebook that you give out to people, um, or, you know, a seller's guide to, uh, maximizing profit on their house or preparing your house for showing all those can be ebooks. You just think about the content that your consumers need um, and create that content and put it in the appropriate places. Uh, podcasts are obviously very popular. They're very, um, you know, consumed um, by a lot of people right now. Uh, you don't have to go out and buy a crap ton of, um, you know, equipment to put out a decent podcast. You can record a, a little episodes on, there's apps called Swell. You can do Google Podcasts. Um, there's free hosting services out there. There's very inexpensive services. You literally need a microphone and you need some content. So um, think about that if that's something that you're thinking about adding to your arsenal. Um, but again, come from a place of assistance. Think about who your audience of your podcast is going to be and make sure that the content that you're putting out there is relative to them, interesting and engaging. Um, and then webinars are a great way. Remember, you know, in COVID, we had to pivot and shift 
all of our in-person meetings to online meetings where we were doing a lot of FaceTime, we were doing a lot of Zoom, we were doing uh, virtual open houses. You know, just because we're out of our house now doesn't mean you still can't produce those. You can do webinars for anything you want. So if you're talking about um, like last month, I, I, I advised you guys to start an investors club, or if you're trying to increase your um, investor business, I love working with investors because typically they buy five or six houses from me a year or three or four. And I would rather have that volume working with those investors than just my one buyer a year kind of person. But I enjoy working with investors. Not everyone does. If you were starting an investor club, you might want to put on a webinar, how to get started and being an investor. What does it take to actually buy your first investment property? You can put a webinar on for anything. It's just about promoting the webinar, getting people to register for it and attend. The beautiful thing is when you do a webinar, you actually are gathering people's contact information when they RSVP, and now you can add them to your database. You can add them to your list to promote and continue marketing your services. So the webinar can actually be on, you know, here's some advice on, uh, common tax deductions for self-employed people. It doesn't have to be real estate related. You just are going to take the opportunity to talk about you and what you do and introduce whoever the speaker is or introduce whatever the topic is um, and move on like that. It can absolutely and 100% be non-real estate related and still be delivered by you um, or have an impact in it or a part in it. Um, your infographics, again, people like visual representations of things. So if you have a home buyer process or home buyer or home seller process in an infographic, uh, that's a great way for you to produce. You can pretty much do those on Canva. Um, there's also some other websites out there that will allow you to do that. But infographics are really helpful, especially to your first time buyers and sellers. Um, you can actually do an infographic on lots of things. It doesn't have to just be the process. It can be on um, the applying for a mortgage process. It could be on, you know, what the title company does behind the scenes. It could be what the inspector finds. It could be on whatever it is during the process that you think needs to be visually represented in a chart. That would be what you would use an infographic for. And then I want to talk about your website because lots of agents have a website, but what does your website actually do? Does anyone ever go there? Um, is there helpful information there? Do you send people to your website um, do you link to your website every time when you have an email or when you are communicating with a prospect or a new lead? Are you driving them to your website to get a feel for you? Um, do you have a video of yourself on your website introducing yourself? Do you have a link to all the houses that you've sold? Uh, can people see evidence of your success there? Do you have reviews from your clients on your website? Like what can people learn about you on your website? What do they know about your business? What do they know about how you operate? So here's the thing about websites. It's the same thing with your Facebook business page. If you have three followers or you don't ever send anyone to your website, what's the point of having it, right? So your job is to make sure that you're driving traffic to that website. The more people that go to your website, the higher your website's going to come up in the search results. The more content you're putting on your website that is updated frequently, the more likely your website's going to be found. The more keywords you embed in your website that have to do with your geographical area and your specific location, the more likely your website's going to be found for people who are searching for an agent in that area. If your website is linked to other bigger websites where they already are indexed, that's going to help you be found in the results. The bottom line is that is your, is your website 
a reflection of your business? Does it look the way you want it to look? Does it attract the type of buyer that you're trying to attract? Um, is it representative of your niche or your specialty? What can your audience do on your website as well? Can they search for properties? Do they have to manually register? Um, do they have to give you all their, you know, firstborn child in order to look at pictures? They don't want that. Um, are there articles there? Are there linked to YouTube videos that walk them through the process? Do they get to know you on your website before they ever have to call you? These are just things I want you to consider. Um, and if you don't have a website, reach out to me. I'll give you some suggestions of great ones that you can do pretty inexpensively. Um, but think about that. Do you create an individual website for each one of your listings? You can do that through Canva. I don't know if you know that or not, but you can actually create a very quick, easy, cheap little um, website for each one of your listings. Um, and, you know, you've now got something of value to add to your sellers that other agents might not necessarily do. So let's talk about some ways that you can stand out from the crowd, some other content ideas. Uh, I love to show behind the scenes, let people into your world, let them know what you do to prepare for a listing appointment. Let them know what you're doing to prepare for showings. How do you schedule your showings? Um, what kinds of things are you, um, you know, doing on a day-to-day -day basis to build your business or to help buyers and sellers? Let them behind the scenes and let them see the kind of work that you're doing. Show them a day in the life of an agent. Um, I love to watch those. Consumers love to watch them. Remember, that's why reality TV is so popular is because people absolutely love to see reality TV and what's actually happening behind the scenes. I love, um, you know, accounts that showcase, um, you know, hey, I'm getting ready to list this house. Let me show you what, what all I'm doing today. Or you literally could just do a Instagram story or a Facebook story, start the day in the morning all the way through the day and show them all day long, just documenting what you're doing in your business to give people a little look behind the curtain to see kind of how you operate and what you do that's different. I love storytelling as far as like, so for example, I'll go back to how I met John. I met John at a networking event. Um, you know, he was working at dot, dot, dot. He mentioned to me that he was thinking of buying a house in this area, um, but he had this challenge. And so here's how we overcame that challenge. I partnered him with a lender that specializes in his, in self-employed, you know, borrowers. Um, the lender worked with him to, you know, get everything ready and in order. We went and looked at houses and we found his dream house, but here's the snag we ran into. You know, whatever it is, it's telling the story about how you met people, the type of people you work with, uh, what what uh, occupations do they have? What ages are they? What their demographic is? Uh, be careful about how you promote yourself. Remember, you don't want to break any fair housing law. You know, rules are violating that. Um, but you can easily talk about who your target audience is or who your target client is um, with still being in the confines of uh, fair housing rules and regulations. Um, I love telling stories about for example, the one buyer who bought a car the week before closing. So if any of you are agents that follow Glenda Baker on Instagram, and I know a lot of you do, a part of her popularity is that she tells stories. You know, she tells stories of situations that she has run in over the years in her career. I've been in business 25 years and sold in, you know, now four states. And I'll tell you, I have a lot of stories like that too. Those stories are relatable. 
they let people into the experiences that you've had. They show people that you have experience. Um, they also allow you people to see the human side of you, uh, to get to know your personality a little bit, which lets people in and trust you a whole lot faster and build rapport with people quicker. Um, but I love telling stories like that. It's also educational. Don't be that guy like my client who went out and bought a car the week before closing or who went out and got a Target credit card for $37 and now no longer qualifies for their house or found out that they had to have, you know, flood insurance at the last minute. Um, and here's what I learned from that, you know, whatever that is. So are there lessons buried in the stories of your day-to-day -day activities that you think would be helpful to buyers and sellers? Um, I had a seller once who had like 259 taxidermied animals in his basement. Talk about the craziest things you've seen in your day. Talk about really challenging clients that you've worked with and how you successfully navigated it. Talk about, you know, clients that moved you, that you had emotional connection with. I was talking with one of my coaching clients earlier this week. You know, we spend a lot of time with these clients during the process. Like you might see them every day or talk to them five or six times a day and then they close and now they're kind of on the back burner and you've now made room for another client. And sometimes your clients tend to have withdrawals from you or you from them because you really enjoyed working with them. Tell those stories. I really enjoyed working with, you know, this young couple that had never bought a house before that relocated here from Montana, but whatever the story is. Um, but try to tell some stories that indicate what it is like to work with you. Um, you should be showing evidence of your success. You should also not be afraid to talk about things that you've learned along the way and how what you've learned can help a client in the future. Um, or if you attended a workshop, a webinar, I took a class on, you know, a lot of our consumers don't know how much education some of us take, how much, you know, we invest in learning new things to help them so that we can be better agents. Share that with them. Let them into that. Um, I would encourage you to get video reviews of your clients. If your clients will allow you to take a video of them, uh, and if they won't let you be on video, can you get a sound bite? Will they let you just record their voice of saying, hey, what was it like working with me? Um, what is, you know, what was your favorite take, you know, what was your takeaway about the process? You know, is there something you can share about how I made this process easier for you? Um, you know, but Go the extra step and see if there's a different way you can get testimonials from your client. Testimonials are a great way to immediately get rapport and trust from your audience uh, because it's relatable. They can see themselves in someone else's review. And make sure you post these reviews on your Google business page, not just your Facebook, not just Zillow, not just Redfin. Uh, wherever you're posting, they should also be on Google for sure, okay? Um, and then market statistics explained. I want you to make sure that you're not just posting a static graphic of the latest numbers from uh, December of 2022 and telling me how many houses sold and what the average price range and how many days on the market was. I want you to explain that to me like I'm five years old. I want you to explain it to your consumer, uh, telling them what they need to know about it. So for example, you know, I think it's more important to share statistics like, you know, I looked at the last eight closings in Franklin um, in the last 48 hours, and all eight of them had seller paid closing costs. What does this mean to you as a buyer? Or what does this mean to you as a seller? You should be prepared 
for a buyer to come in and offer you less than list price and, and maybe pay closing costs, if that's the accurate reflection of what the data is telling you. But I don't want you just to post that graphic that your realtor association provides you. I want you to break the graphic down and explain it to people like they're seven years old and tell them what that means. The average days on the market went from 32 to 68. That means things are going to be sitting a little bit longer. It doesn't mean you panic on day 42 because the average now is 60 something, right? Explain what it means to the buyer and the seller so that they understand what the data means, not just posting that the average sales price in Williamson County is over a million dollars. I think that's misleading, right? You should also talk about other price ranges that had sales that closed in the last three months or that closed in the last 30 days. Uh, but try to break down your market statistics and explain it to people in a way that is digestible and easily understood. Um, I love things like, is selling your home right now a mistake? I want you to think about yourself as a consumer. What kind of articles catch your attention? What kind of content makes you stop scrolling and to read? Uh, what makes you think about, you know, and consume more about what the person is saying? Or if you're on Instagram, what makes you follow a person's content if you've only seen one of their posts? What would need to be interesting enough for you to follow them? And think about that in terms of what you're putting out yourself for your own business. Uh, the hidden costs of selling your home in Nashville, uh, the hidden costs of buying a house. Um, people don't talk about that or the hidden costs of being an investor um, and things you need to budget for. Uh, the five most Instagrammable places we talked about, uh, the seven common, most common things my home inspector finds every time. Um, if you're not sure what kinds of things I should be making content about, there are two resources I want to give you. One is called BuzzSumo. B-U-Z-Z-S-U-M-O. Um, that'll actually show you the most viral articles on social media about any keyword. So you can go to BuzzSumo, put in a keyword, um, and it will tell you all the viral articles about it. And then you can create some content around those articles. The other one is going to be Google Trends. And the reason I like Google Trends is because it really shows you the timing. So a lot of agents... And I'll use the holiday as an example. A lot of agents will just post a static picture of like happy Memorial Day, right? That's fine and dandy. Uh, they usually just get looked over by our consumers. There's no action. There's no activity. There's no engagement for it. It's just a, hey, I'm wishing you a happy Memorial Day, which isn't really a happy day. But anyway, um, I'm just using Memorial Day as an example. Uh, let's use Father's Day. So instead of just posting a little slick of happy father's day with a picture of a dad and his kid um i would tell you that if you go to google trends google trends will actually help you nail the timing of your holiday messages and maybe how to tweak those messages a little bit better so if you type in father's day in google trends it will show you in the last five years it'll show you the spike of which day of the month father's day was a popular or trending topic that people searched for or talked about or looked at and so it'll show you that every year there's a spike between june 15th and 25th and that's really what, when you would want to post about father's day like here's some ideas of my favorite restaurants to take to dad to dinner for father's day or here's where um you know these local businesses are celebrating dads in these special ways instead of just a happy Father's Day post. Be the steward to your community. 
um, interact with your audience um, in a more meaningful, impactful way. Don't wait till the day of the holiday to just post Happy Father's Day. Leading up to the event, do they need a list of like, here's a top 10 list of gifts um, that Amazon recommends for most dads or something like that. And post that earlier than Father's Day so that people can get a jump on that. Um, remember, not all of your content has to be real estate related. I'll say that again, you know. Um, but big thing for you is what I hope that you got out of this is I want you to look at everywhere that you are promoting your business. And if you're not promoting your business at all, that's, let's start there. If you own a shoe store and you were trying to get people to come into your store, you would market and promote your shoe store anywhere and everywhere you could where people might be looking to buy shoes, you would want to drag them to your store. And your real estate business is no different. You want anyone and everyone, but the right ones, meaning your audience of who you want to work with, to be attracted to your shoe store. You want them to be attracted to your real estate business. And if you continue just to post a static picture of the front of the house, I think you're gonna see that the people that you're attracting are not necessarily the ones that, or you might not be attracting anybody with just a static picture. I want you to go a little deeper. I want you to think a little bit harder about how you're promoting your business. Is it a representation of who I wanna work with? Is it a representation of you know, how it, what it's like to work with me? Do people get a chance to get to know you, the true you, the authentic you? Um, stop trying to be everybody else. Stop copying what all the other agents are doing because you think that's how I'm supposed to promote my, promote my business. Use your gut, trust your instinct, promote your business to attract the people you're trying to attract, um, make your stuff stand out, make it look different, make it feel different, uh, let people into your inner circle, let people get to know you a little bit, um, and then make sure that all of your profiles you know, are very obvious about how to get in touch with you. Make sure that you are posting the right content on the right platform. Uh, you do not, here's one, of, one other thing I want to say is you do not have to be on every one of these platforms every day, all the time. Pick one, excel at that one platform. If I want to pick Facebook, then that's fine. I'm going to stick with Facebook and I'm going to make sure that where I am on Facebook is done the way that I want it to be done, that I'm attracting the right people, that I'm using that platform to attract the client type that I want. So take an audit of your stuff. Take a look and see about how you're promoting yourself. Make sure that it's interesting, engaging. Think about what your buyers and sellers are hungry for, what they need help with. Come from a place of assistance. And then make sure that everything is reflective of who you're trying to attract and how you want your business promoted. And then you need to make sure that you just dedicate time to have a consistent plan of promoting yourself often the way that you want it to look and to the right people. Uh, that's one of the things that we help you with at RE Coach Crate. We provide you with a monthly social media plan. Uh, we also guide you through some innovative strategies for how to promote and marketing your business that looks a little different than other people's. I hope this was helpful to you. Uh, tell a friend, share it with a friend if you'd like. And I look forward to seeing you guys next week uh, where we um, dive back into our group coaching and we move on to the next section. Y'all have a wonderful day.